Hi, gang. This is Dr. Rob, and this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. Today, I get back to diabetes. In my previous podcast on diabetes, I gave the foundation for this podcast's information. So if you haven't listened to that one, you probably should. I won't get mad at you if you don't, but you may get confused. And given that I spent a good portion of my life confused, I don't recommend it. Today, I'm going to discuss the more common form of diabetes known as type 2 diabetes mellitus. About 90 to 95 percent of all diabetics are type 2, and this number is growing in more ways than one. The absolute number of diabetics has been rising dramatically over recent years. The reason for this rise is that Americans have also been growing dramatically over those same years. Diabetes is very much linked to a person's pant size, and we Americans have pursued maximum pantage with an unmatched vigor. So, how is diabetes linked to obesity? Let me first give a brief recap of the biology of type 2 diabetes. The root problem in this disease is the malfunction of insulin receptors, which are the proteins on the outside of the cells in our bodies that bring glucose into the cells for fuel. When the insulin receptors malfunction, it's known as insulin resistance, and there are two main bad things that happen as a result of this phenomenon. The first is that the level of insulin in the blood goes up to compensate for this defect, and the second is that the level of glucose in the blood rises as well. Initially, this rise only happens after a person eats a high-carbohydrate food, but eventually it stays up all the time. Both high insulin and glucose levels are the source of the bad complications seen in type 2 diabetes. Obesity makes a person even more insulin-resistant than normal, and so someone who already has a predisposition for developing diabetes will have a much more likely chance of developing it if they gain weight, especially if they gain it around their waistline. Scientists have termed people who tend to carry more weight around the abdomen as being apples and have termed people who carry around more fat on the hips and buttocks as being pears. I guess that's a political correct way to say it. The upshot of apple versus pear physique is this. It's much better to have a big butt than a big belly. Losing abdominal fat can reduce insulin resistance and prevent diabetes, and hungry scientists come up with some strange names for things. The trouble caused by insulin resistant doesn't start when a person develops full-blown diabetes. It starts much earlier in the form of a condition known as metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome used to be called Syndrome X, which I think sounds much cooler. It sounds like you're a mutant superhero of some sort. I guess they didn't want people to think that it was cool to have this condition, so they renamed it something boring. Metabolic syndrome is basically a pre-diabetic state and is defined by having at least three of the following. Triglyceride cholesterol over 150, HDL, or good cholesterol, under 40, elevated blood pressure, a mild elevation in blood glucose levels, abdominal obesity, defined as having a waistline over 40 inches for men and 36 inches for women. So what's the big deal? First off, people with metabolic syndrome will frequently become diabetics over time. More importantly, however, is the fact that People with metabolic syndrome are at significantly higher risk of having heart attacks and other serious problems. This increased risk is felt to be related to the increased insulin levels and not high blood glucose levels. Metabolic syndrome usually doesn't have any symptoms at all and can go on for years without being detected. Once the blood glucose level goes up enough, a person with metabolic syndrome is considered to be a diabetic. 
diabetics have an even higher risk of heart disease, and they also have the other complications of high blood sugar that I mentioned in my previous podcast. Both metabolic syndrome and diabetes will get better if a person reduces their abdominal fat. But as many people know, just because something sounds simple doesn't mean it's easy. Even without weight loss, decreasing the consumption of carbohydrates will bring down the blood glucose levels. Upon first diagnosing patients with diabetes, I generally send them to a dietitian so they can learn exactly what they should and shouldn't eat. If diet and or weight loss doesn't work, next step is to use an oral medication to bring the sugar levels down. If these medications don't work, then insulin injection is the next step. Most of my type 2 diabetics don't use insulin, however. So how can you reduce your risk for diabetes? The easy answer is to keep from becoming an apple. But even people who are not overweight can become type 2 diabetics. So the real key is to know your risk. The main way to know your risk is to know your family history. Do you have an immediate family member with diabetes? That's father, mother, sister, brother. The second and equally important thing is to get your cholesterol checked. Refer to my cholesterol podcast for a discussion on this. If you have no other risk factors, you should get your cholesterol checked every five years after age 30. And you should get it checked more often if your risk is higher. Remember that most people with type 2 diabetes don't have the symptoms of frequent thirst or frequent urination that most people associate with diabetes. In a person who is predisposed to diabetes, the HDL cholesterol will be lowered and the triglycerides will be elevated, sometimes extremely elevated. So for people who do have diabetes, the key to staying healthy is close monitoring. Here are my quick and dirty tips for those people with type 2 diabetes. Tip number one, monitor your sugars. Get a home glucose monitor and check your sugar at least once a day. It's hard to hit a target with your eyes shut. Knowing your glucose levels, especially the fasting one done before breakfast, is key. Tip number two, look out for complications. You and your doctor should be monitoring for complications such as numbness and tingling in the feet, which could be a sign of early nerve damage, as well as protein in the urine, which could be a sign for kidney damage. Tip number three, know your A1C. Hemoglobin A1C is a test that measures basically how sugar-coated your red blood cells get over a three-month time period, which is how long red blood cells live. It's essential to get this checked at least two times a year to know how good you are controlling your diabetes. Tip number four, keep your blood sugar and cholesterol under control. Once a person develops diabetes, the risk of heart disease and stroke goes up significantly. That means that blood pressure and cholesterol should be treated aggressively. Tip number five, take a baby aspirin once a day. It's real cheap insurance for people with increased risk of stroke and heart attack. It really reduces that risk. And tip number six is be educated. This is the best defense against this deadly disease. If you have diabetes or are close to someone who does, you should become experts in it. You should know more about it than your doctor does. There's a whole lot more I could say about diabetes, but I'm going to stop here. If you have more questions about diabetes and metabolic syndrome, the American Diabetes website has excellent information. Their URL is diabetes.org. If you have questions you want answered, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or call area code 206-337-5895. You can find me on Twitter as well at housecalldoc or Join the Facebook page under House Called Doctor. And feel free, as always, to visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. 
Let me remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the only one that you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.